passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special breaking news edition here at Post Wrestling. I am John Pollock, and plenty going on in the world of professional wrestling, and I know that everyone is here uh, to get our thoughts on a Battle of the Belts 5 tonight, but that is going to have to wait, because joining me now, the only man that could have to receive the, the bat signal that I sent out on Thursday night, uh, joining me here from Russellnomics himself, Brandon Thurston is with us. Hello, Brandon. Hey, John, I, I, I heard that I broke the news to you the, yesterday afternoon about the Wall Street Journal story. And Minutes I immediately got a reply saying, will you, will you come on tomorrow? And I sent you a one word reply. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then later, uh, I got the, in, the, the update, uh, to really underscore the significance. Uh, Brandon has taken the day off of his shoot job. I mean, <laughs> yes. you know, it's a, you know, it's a big deal when. Oh, um, I can't imagine trying to do this, uh, uh today. Otherwise. Yeah. The, this morning, as I'm, you know, gathering all of this stuff and we're going to, you know, uh, try to parse through all of this information as uh, best we can and sort of make sense of it. It was like, I don't even know how to begin to tackle all of this with you, Brandon. So I will ask you this question. If your mother was to call you up today and say, what's going on with Vince McMahon and the WWE in a concise recap, how would you best describe what has happened over? Well, it goes beyond 24 hours, but what has uh, actualized itself in this past 12 to 18 hour period? Uh, first, I would send her a link to my to my video on the fall of Vince McMahon. And tell her to watch that, and then when she's done, are you a patron, that, mom? <laughs> when she's done watching that, tell her, okay, forget all that. Uh, so, I I guess that you know Vince McMahon is not a normal executive. Normal executive would probably not do what he's doing. Um, could he? A lot of questions about could he actually come back um, in in the last several weeks and months? And the answer has been, well, technically, yes. Uh, but you know, most executives would not do this cause it would, it would cause damage to the company and, and things like that. Uh, but he's doing it and could, could he actually do it? Uh, apparently yes, because we have filings from WWE to the, you know, SEC filings saying he's amending WWE's bylaws, the board of director, board of directors bylaws to, for one thing, enhance shareholders power, which, which he is the, the biggest shareholder. Um, and he is bringing himself back to the board of directors. Um, as executive chairman, trying to find out what that really means. Uh, but he's also bringing back George Berrios and Michelle Wilson. It's like I'm, I'm watching a, a, a multi, uh, season, uh, drama series and two characters that were written off a few seasons ago. They're back. Uh, George Berrios and Michelle Wilson were the former co-presidents of WWE. These are sort of the, the, the minds behind the W network. Uh, of of the strategy and making it happen. And in January 2020, when Vince decided that the, the W network shouldn't be a direct-to-consumer service anymore and they should license it to, to streaming services like Peacock, he fired George and, and Michelle. And this ultimately led to the hiring of Nick Khan. 
uh, who licensed the network content to Peacock. So they're back as members of board directors, not as employees with WWE. I mean, I don't expect that to happen anytime soon, but they are members of the board of directors. Who, who have since launched their own company in the wake of right. their di- dismissals from WWE three years ago. That's right. They, they, they stayed together, stayed working together, and they, they launched a special acquisition company, basically a shell company called Isos Capital. And their major acquisition at this point has been a company called Bolero, a bowling company. So they're still sort of in the entertainment business. Uh, so but don't expect them to, to, to stop doing that. Uh, but they will be members of the board directors as well. So in this, this play by Vince McMahon, he is bringing in himself, George Barrios, and Michelle Wilson. And to create those seats, uh, exiting the board of directors are mm-hmm. Joe Ellen Lyons Dillon, Jeffrey R. Speed, and Alan M. Wexler. Always yeah. of significance when you have the middle initial emphasized. So that was what we expected to be the turnover uh, in terms of the board of directors that Vince McMahon is bringing in key allies, obviously, to have on his board. Uh, but on top of that, and we will get into the back and forth between WWE and Vince McMahon, which was uh, the exchanges over the holiday season and what a holiday it was for the McMahons uh, through their uh, SEC filing. Uh, but in a press release today, pretty much summarizing this return to power of Vince McMahon was the note that uh, Ignace Lahoud and Manjeet Singh, who was the lead investigator of the investigation into Vince McMahon, have resigned from the board effective today. So as we speak, there would be two open seats on the board of directors coming out of these uh, resignations on Friday. Right. And so there was a, a Vince McMahon press release also yesterday, not a WWE press release, but a Vince yes. McMahon press release where he, he sort of confirmed the information that was in the, the Wall Street Journal about him wanting to come back. And he said that three to put him and George and Michelle back on the board, they would need to remove three current members. Um, it was plausible that maybe he was referring to Stephanie, Nick and Paul. He was you know, apparently not. Um, and I, I wondered if, you know, maybe they would remove the, the three least senior members of the board of directors, but it's sort of a, you know, the Wexler, uh, uh, Joel Lyons, Dylan and Jeffrey Speed seem like a kind of random selection. I, who knows what the story is behind the selection of those three. I don't know if they had disagreements with him or, or what the deal was, but then this news that Manjit Singh and Ignace Lahoud are leaving the board. You got to wonder what, what the story is behind that. Manjit Singh was the, the lead independent member. He was very involved with the investigation surrounding the allegations uh, against Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis related to sexual misconduct. So got to wonder about what, what led them to resign immediately. But uh, that that is the state of the W board. It's, um, I believe, nine members now, including George, Michelle and Vince. And and in theory, like those two seats, I mean, if this is the WWE Supreme Court, like Vince McMahon would, in theory, be able to fill those seats with. I mean, if you had we should definitely go into the emails because th- yeah. this, I think outlines a lot of the the power dynamic here and what the board's unanimous response was to Vince McMahon's desire to resume his his uh, duties as executive chairman. So I'm not going to read the entire emails, but I have isolated some of the key co- uh, comments. And this was released um, this back and forth. It's it's three statements uh, back and forth, two from Vince McMahon or on behalf of Vince McMahon and one from the WWE's board of directors. So uh, we'll take pauses here to get some of Brandon thoughts, uh, Brandon's thoughts. So December the 20th, in a letter to the board of directors from Vince McMahon, 
I have always recognized that we have a massive responsibility to the WWE universe. Our fans deserve the best entertainment experience that WWE can offer, and I thank you for your efforts to keep our company focused on that goal through this distinctly challenging year for WWE, which later we would see maybe some potential uh, pushback you can read into and how they would view this as a challenging year or not. Vince goes on to say, I voluntarily retired from the company during the pendency of the special committee investigation and fully cooperated with the committee and its independent counsel's process. My retirement was intended to give the special committee its independent counsel and the rest of the board the time and space needed to understand and respond to the allegations. And as a classic wrestling promoter, retirement was only to be temporary. Now that the completion of the special committee investigation has been publicly disclosed, I believe WWE has a unique opportunity during this critical juncture to maximize value for its shareholders and all other stakeholders, specifically given the rapidly evolving media landscape in which more and more companies are seeking to own the intellectual property offered on their streaming platforms. I firmly believe that the best thing to do for all of WWE shareholders and other stakeholders is to undertake a comprehensive review of strategic alternatives. I am confident that our shareholders will support this decision. So this is Vince McMahon kind of outlining that we have an enormous opportunity, but only with myself providing that Midas touch that I have uh, granted this this company since 1982. A unique opportunity, and not not even this letter escaping what what seemed to be Vince Vince McMahonisms. Um, But it's, I mean, Vince has never, to my eye, expressed a real interest in selling the company. It's always, there's always been rumors and speculation in the air that maybe WWE would sell. And it makes a lot of sense for WWE to sell, uh, especially in the case of something like Comcast. Why would you continue to uh, rent this content that is becoming increasingly expensive when you could perhaps buy it? Uh, but I think Vince is more interested in staying in control has been in the past, you know, before all this, that, that all the news that broke over the summer, he, uh, my belief is that he always wanted to stay in control. They would never let go of the company. Uh, it's surprising to me that he even voluntarily left this company in, in July. Um, big story that we don't know what led to Vince actually retiring. Uh, he, he says, according to the wall street journal that he was given bad advice and that he apparently regrets coming back or regrets, uh, leaving and, and, and now is making his comeback, but the, it, it's an easier swallow for shareholders. If he comes back saying that I want to come back to make a sale and the stock price, wall street's buying it, it is because, the stock, because the stock price is up at $87 right now. And it's up 21% on the day. I mean, after market trading yesterday, immediately responded favorably to this. So wall street believes that a sale is more likely now. Uh, and I think that's, that's, that's a, actually selling the company is, is a price he's willing to pay if he gets to come back into the company. I mean, look at Dana White. Dana White's got, there's a lot more to Dana White, but, but look at Dana White who, who owned, uh, some part of UFC, correct? And then they sold and Endeavor now owns UFC, but Dana's still in charge of UFC. That could be the same thing for, for Vince if W is sold to a larger company. I completely believe that. You know, regardless of Vince's intentions, um, months ago about a potential sale, you cannot pull this off without that because the stock reaction is the protective cover that justifies this power play by Vince McMahon without the, the sale being dangled there. Uh, 
we can only we don't even have to look that further back to the December 13th report from the Wall Street Journal that initially reported that Vince McMahon had a desire to return from the company and the stock took a dive after that with that reaction. It is coupled with the sale that has led to this 180 from Wall Street mm-hmm. in terms of what this means that Vince McMahon coming back to the company is viewed as a negative. But if it is with the intent to sell, that is a net positive in how this is being viewed. Uh, and- and, and a big part of the strategy that I mean, just sort of the, the game theory between him and the board is what he wrote to the board is that I'm not going to approve of any TV rights deal. This is 2023, the year that WWE renews its TV rights. We all kind of expect as a baseline 1.5x, 1.7x. Anything below that would be disappointing. Anything above that would be really impressive. He's not going to, he's, he's told the board, he's not going to allow you to make a deal unless you bring me back and involve me in making that deal and perhaps selling the company. So he's, he's kind of, you know, giving them an ultimatum that I'm not, you're not going to be able to go forward and make the most important deal related to your business unless I get my way. It's the ultimate gun to the head move. And, uh, just going on again, this is from the December 20th initial, uh, message from Vince McMahon. It is critical for me to rejoin the board as executive chairman to work alongside our management team in leading the exploration of strategic alternatives and media rights negotiations. And it is necessary to fulfill my commitment to doing what is best for WWE. I want to make it very clear that I wholeheartedly believe the WWE has an exceptional management team in place. Stephanie, Nick, Paul, We're still on a first name basis and the rest of the management team have my full and unconditional support. And as executive chairman, I would support them to facilitate unified, efficient and efficient decision making during this important period in the company's history. And he goes on. Thank you for your continued commitment to WWE. I look forward to working together to maximize value for our shareholders and other stakeholders and the entire WWE universe. Happy holidays, Vince. Yes, there's a happy holidays. It's still cordial. Um, I I think it's. It's interesting. Is it meaningful? It's interesting that he's, he's saying he gives those, those three executives, Stephanie, Paul, and Nick, his full support. Um, those are words that need to be backed up with actions for me to really believe the, the, the sincerity of. Um, they're an exceptional management team, but they cannot fully, uh, no. capitalize on this unique situation without you need me. him. Yeah. So I, th- so Stephanie and Nick are going to keep their CEO titles. That's, that's virtually certain to me. Paul is going to keep his chief content officer title, which is how um, they were identified in today's press release true. as well. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, is, is Paul really going to remain head of creative in the sense that he has been up to this point is a, is a big question. Um, looking forward to any reporting that comes out of SmackDown tonight in terms of what talent are told. I have to think they have a talent meeting, uh, tonight at SmackDown too, yeah. because I mean, F- Fightful's reporting last night is that there's a lot of talent that are, that are really worried about this. Yeah. There is a, um, uh, both of us, uh, Brandon and I had reported today. There is a all employee Zoom meeting coming up later this afternoon in just a couple of hours, uh, with employees. But of course, yeah, it's a TV day in Memphis, uh, for SmackDown as well that, and, and I would say even coming out of that, even if you like today is all about damage control. And I think it is about presenting the most stable picture possible of utter chaos behind the scenes. And you can say whatever you want today. Uh, there is one person that I think has the ultimate say so. And this is evidence of that. And that is Vince McMahon. So it does Vince McMahon have a desire to come back and head up creative? I think absolutely. And I think that your theory, Brandon, of this ultimately ending up in Vince McMahon in a Dana White-like role where a sale is made, but with the understanding that Vince McMahon is tied as the package and is in a very 
protected spot in this newly owned WWE. Yeah, it's uh, you know I've I've noted over the last few years of of him being CEO how little he spoke on earnings calls, which maybe is indicative of something that maybe he was just not as engaged in certain aspects of the business that were being spoken about on the earnings calls. He would open earnings calls with a one or two minute statement that was clearly, you know, was prepared. And then, you know, everything else, including Q and a would be handled by other executives, including Nikon and Stephanie. And is it, was he really engaged in in other aspects of the business besides creative? I I question. Um, So that, that tells me that, you know, he, if, if creative was his real big interest towards the end, then maybe he wants to come back and do that. Um, will I mean, be, creative he, was always this man's day to day. Like mm-hmm. that was the, the passion. I think of Vince McMahon yeah. was heading creative. I think that has always been his, um, his, his, his true North of his position at and, WWE. And, and, and I think always, you know, through his career, he's had, you know, somebody who was very involved in running the business side with him or for him, whether that what was Nick now, whether that was George and Michelle before, whether that was Linda before Linda left. Um, it, it just sort of occurred to me, uh, re- reading over some things that, you know, Lin- Linda was really serving that role, you know, early on as being sort of the, the person who was negotiating a lot of deals and things like that. So Stu, Stu Snyder, like two decades ago, like there, there's always been that, that kind of consistency there of having that, you know, that Vince, had his eye on, on the creative and the business end, not to say it was completely divorced from Vince McMahon, but that there was always that, um, that figure or figures that really kind of led the direction. Um, going into Vince McMahon's response, this comes, uh, December the 27th. So Vince gets, uh, this response. They, they let things, uh, settle. Uh, they had probably, um, I would love to know the McMahon Christmas, uh, festivities, uh, before this response was sent, uh, to Vince McMahon. And this is from the board of directors. And again, these are just some highlights, not the entire, uh, uh, message, but we fully agree with your assessment that the company's management team is exceptional and are pleased to hear that Stephanie, Nick Paul, and the rest of the management team have your full and unconditional support. We believe that our investors, employees, and fans agree. There's tremendous excitement at the company and among our fan base, and our stock price has grown more than 40% in just the last year. I found that to be um, just the what, – what a response from uh, – it's great that you guys are navigating such a challenging year for the company. Actually, Vince, we're doing <laughs> phenomenal. It's like, you know, you, you, you break up with your longtime girlfriend. It's, I know it's been so hard for you to get over me. Actually, I am engaged and I've never been happier. Yeah, my, my, my mental can. health is great. Everything's really going great for me, actually. <sighs> I no longer feel like a burden to anybody. I feel appreciated and loved. Uh, goes on. Although we welcome your participation in the launch of a strategic alternatives review process, it's also our unanimous view that your return to the company at this time, while government investigations into your conduct by the U.S. Attorney's Office and SEC are still pending, would not be prudent from a shareholder value perspective. This determination is based on a variety of factors, including non-public information the board has become aware of and the risks to the company and its shareholders of placing a greater spotlight on these issues would be a horrible thing, Vince, if this, if more were to come out regarding potential conduct, um, that, that we have since discovered this never ending avalanche of, uh, information that we have uncovered, uh, about you. This is, um, as contentious as you can po- possibly get in this 
quote unquote language, uh, as they are certainly parsing this language from a, a legal perspective in response to the controlling shareholder of your company. And, and I don't know if you're going to read it later if I'm jumping ahead, but there's, so the board writes in this letter to him that we want you to sign a, a draft, a, a, another letter that will say, you promise not to come back to the company and you're going to pay us for the investigation that, that, that we did over the summer. Um, and in exchange for you agreeing that you're not going to come back and that you're going to pay us back, we won't sue you. The, the letter alludes to a shareholder demand letter, um, which, which is not something that was known to me beforehand that apparently some shareholders have, have, have told the board that they want the board to sue Vince to make sure that he's going to pay them back for the, for the value of the investigation. Um, so they're saying, Hey, look, agree that you won't come back, agree that you'll pay us back and we won't sue you. So sort of an ultimatum there from, from the board to Vince, um, to which he does not respond, respond, uh, happily, uh, and, and, you know, does what he ended up doing, uh, yesterday. Yes. And that, um, that led to Vince McMahon's response. This came on New Year's Eve to the board of directors to, you know, get, uh, get everything out before the, before we turn the calendar over. I appreciate your timely response to my December 20th letter. Um, However, it's surprising that you did not address what I had sought to make clear in my letter, namely that we have a unique but narrow window of opportunity to maximize shareholder value and combining the upcoming media rights negotiations with a strategic review process the board acknowledges is the right course of action for our shareholders and underlined that the only way to fully capture that opportunity is by having me the company's founder and controlling shareholder return as executive chairman at this critical time so that I can work alongside the management team to unify the decision-making related to these two interconnected initiatives. I would like to make it clear that unless I have direct involvement and input as executive chairman from the outset, I will not be able to support or approve any media rights deals or strategic transaction. This position is not driven by self-interest or a lack of confidence in the company's management team but rather my commitment to doing what is best for WWE and all its shareholders and by my strong belief that maximizing the outcome of these uh, processes will require close coordination and unified and efficient decision-making. I sincerely hope we can work together to unlock this tremendous value potential. My return in the context of the media rights negotiations and a potential value maximizing strategic transaction is necessary precisely from a shareholder value perspective because it will allow WWE to engage in these processes knowing they will have the support of the controlling shareholder. And this is Vince pretty much saying, it's really cute that you guys don't want me to come back. But guess what? <laughs> Daddy's home is essentially what he is saying here. I am not going to be uh, accepting visitation rights for the child. I'm looking for sole custody, but you guys are welcome to be along for the ride uh, as as we move on with this united front. So yeah. that has been pretty much saying, I gave you the option of voluntarily accepting my return, but we could also do it this way as well. Um, and your media rights deal and sale are what I'm holding in left hand and right hand uh, above your heads. Yeah, it sounds like he was responding maybe to a post wrestling podcast with his line there. Surprised you didn't cover such and such. Uh, <laughs> but surprised, just surprised. That's all. Surprised, not shocked. Surprised. Yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would like to, to to focus on on something somewhat contradictory in one of the sentences here. This position is not driven by self interest or lack of confidence, but but doing what is best for all shareholders. Who's the biggest W shareholder? 
him. Um, so uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty clearly holding the media deal. And, and if you think you're going to sell the company, I mean, I think we were all in agreement that he could sell the comp that any sale of the company would have to go through him because he, the, I think the shareholders would have to vote on that. He is 80% of the votes. Uh, if we haven't made that clear, he holds about a third, a little over a third of the stock, but because he has special Vince McMahon shares, he has special McMahon family member shares that can only be held by him and his descendants. Um, he has 80% of the votes. So it's, it's a moot point on, on voting. Whatever he, he votes for goes, even if everybody else votes the other way. Um, but he can, he would have to approve of any sale. I think we all agreed on that. Um, I was skeptical though that he could disapprove of any media deal because he's, you know, what, that, that's not something that goes to a board vote. Um, but he rewrote the, the bylaws and published them today saying that explicitly he approves of any media deal. So he has got the power to do exactly what he says he does apparently. Yes. And, you know, um, as well, Vince had gone into the fact that he is, he is not looking for the creation of conflict in any of this. It would, uh, he would not get involved with any of the government investigations or the special committees, uh, looking into the, the allegations. Also, you know, mentioning in here that he is hoping that this can all stay, um, private. So it, it would be very interesting to know if these, um, these demands on his part, if he believed that these letters uh, would would be released as they were today and and filed with the SEC, yeah, I, I think he's at least ostensibly saying Let, let's come to an agreement here and so that things don't have to get disclosed or don't don't leak this to the Wall Street Journal or something like that. Um, I was wondering, do you, do you make anything of he's this this press release from Vince yesterday says that he's being uh, represented by. A, a law firm called Kirkland and, and Ellis. There's no Jerry McDivitt, KNL Gates here, um, which I wonder is significant because KNL Gates has represented WWE and the board and Vince McMahon in the past. Probably a, a conflict of interest for you know you know him to be involved in this. That was my my conclusion that I made that Jerry McDivitt, who yeah, contrary to some belief, like does not work with WWE, but he has been there, you know, mm-hmm. essentially counsel that they have uh, enlisted going back to uh, 1994. So, you know, he is very much intertwined in all of this that I would think that um, perhaps Vince McMahon was advised to seek separate counsel here away from Jerry McDivitt um, because of his role that I would view as a as a conflict as this is very clearly a, a power play and Jerry McDivitt is someone that would find himself in the middle as opposed to representing one party over the other. Yeah, and he's he's got his own PR firm here as well, August Company. So really, a, a Vince McMahon uh, independent entity. Uh, he's 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 been acting as. So coming out of this, the WWE they did put out a press release as. You know, it's, you know, I am sure that last night it was the thought of how is this going to be reacted to on Wall Street? The, the Wall Street Journal, they put out essentially like this, this story and they had all of the, the key points of what was uh, to come, you know, in terms of these filings on Friday. And uh, they put out their press release that said that uh, WWE is providing the following update regarding the composition of its board of directors and the exploration of strategic alternatives. Quote, 
Today, we announced that the founder of WWE, Vince McMahon, will be returning to the board, said chairwoman and co-CEO Stephanie McMahon, co-CEO Nick Khan, and content officer Paul Levesque. They said this in unison, all three of them at the exact the same time. It's like, jinx, we all <laughs> just had the same thought. We also welcome back Michelle Wilson and George Barrios to our board of directors. Together, we look forward to exploring all strategic alternatives to maximize shareholder value. As Vince McMahon stated yesterday... WWE has an exceptional management team in place, and I do not intend for my return to have any impact on their roles, duties, or responsibilities. Um, then why would he at all be involved here? Um, you know, looking, you know, short term to the media rights deal, which very well could funnel and be uh, worked into an overall uh, sale of the company is the position that this places Nick Khan in. Like Nick Khan was essentially, he was hired and there are all these deals that he has put together, but this is, this is the Super Bowl of deals for Nick Khan. And you would argue that this is, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf coming in and stating that, Hey, I want to play in the finals this year, Michael Jordan. I think I could make that three pointer at the end of it. And Michael Jordan is holding the ball here. And it's like, dude, Nick Khan is, is there someone you would have more confidence in to go, go into these talks? than a Nick Khan. Like, Vince McMahon is certainly putting himself out there that I can bring that much more value because of my intimate knowledge that only I possess. And he may or may not be that involved in the negotiations and those meetings themselves. I I mean, Nick may, may be, you know, be doing, you know, whatever he would have been doing otherwise in his team around him. Um, I don't know that Vince was present for all the meetings in, in, in similar discussions. Um, but, you know, there's... There's no reason I see why, why W couldn't do this without him. If anything, uh, the addition of Vince, even if he's not involved in the meetings or whatever, he's his presence back in the company. Uh, I would think raises some questions with networks that they, that they're going to talk to about, Hey, we, we would like a, a, a nice upgrade on our TV rights fees. Um, are, are networks going to be more hesitant to, to do that if you've got Vince back? Uh, with the company, uh, Stephanie McMahon has said on the er- last earnings call and in the Wells Fargo conference talk that they had a pause in their ad sales because of the news surrounding Vince over the summer. Um, I, I, I believe that extends to their, their TV ad sales as well for the networks for, for NBCU and Fox. Uh, do you want to, I mean, do, I would, I would be concerned if, if, that, if that's accurate. I would be concerned if NBC, you know, if I were NBCU or Fox that, you know, Vince is back. It's gonna be it's gonna be harder for me to sell ads now. Um, I think there's a, a lot to be said about about the news surrounding Vince this week, about the news surrounding Dana White this week, about just what, what's tolerated in these companies, and you know what's uh, what ends up happening, and is is there a consequence for any of these people who are, who are in the most powerful positions in in either of these companies? Um, it's not a, a new lot. lesson this week, but it is more just a reinforcing of. How many people will, in endless supply, raise their hands to come to the defense of people that have uh, committed uh, or are alleged to have done horrific actions? And I have next to zero faith that any of these broadcasters are going to show any hesitancy uh, to be in business with these people. And um, I, I guess that that, though, is a question that one still has to raise is the idea of being in business with Vince McMahon, and if this is a more attractive buy today than it would have been uh, two months ago in a more kind of post-Vince McMahon version of this company. 
And, and, and I'm not sure that, that buying the company gets rid of him. I don't think he's, you know, no, I think this, I think this almost guarantees that a sale, he comes with the new house. Right, it's that right. he is designated for a secure spot in this company, uh, upon a sale and he wants to have a say into who he hands this thing off to while also utilizing this sale as protective cover to navigate himself back into power. Because if this stock had tanked today, then it's a very different picture and justifies um, the shareholder revolt over this man returning. It's the opposite. And that certainly enhances Vince McMahon's view that my return is going to be met as a positive And he has this graph to refer to. And, and people have asked me earlier today too, like if, is there any comparison in, in, in sports or in, in any other major company of somebody who was, who resigned in, in scandal and resigned in disgrace, came back and, and all their business partners were, were okay with it? I mean, I, I couldn't think of any. I don't know if you can. One that comes to mind was when George Steinbrenner had to step away from the New York Yankees and was suspended by Major League Baseball for two years and then came back and was largely embraced um, by the Yankees. Um, that, that one, not to the scale of this, I, I would say, but th- that would be maybe one comparison. Um, I, I, ca- I can't envision, like, if you want to compare this to a larger sports event like with Dan Snyder and what's going on with the with the Washington football team is the, the idea that he could come back from that. I I don't feel he he could in in a situation where he's removed from ownership and six months later we're talking about a, a seamless return to power of mm-hmm. of his of his football club. Yeah, and, and among other costs here is is going to be morale. We're seeing that as I mentioned earlier, these reports from Fightful. I imagine that's not the last we'll, we'll hear of it. Um, I, I, I've heard a little bit about, you know, people not, people, uh, who are employees of the company not being happy about what's happening here. And there, it causes a lot of uncertainty. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, this kind of makes AEW, uh, this is a good thing for AEW in terms of maybe being better able to recruit talent, especially if Vince ends up back in creative. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of costs to this. We are also going to take some super chats and I want to thank all the people that are tuning in live. This is a, uh, a high audience that we have uh, tuning into this. And I, I do want to make mention that uh, you can follow all of Brandon's work at WrestleNomics Radio, patreon.com slash WrestleNomics, and uh, patreon.com slash postwrestling, as we uh, provide lots of coverage uh, on a daily basis. This one coming in from MJ. Oh, who's this? Teeing off in a golf event, but wanted to say thank you for all your great coverage over the years of this story. You two are the best voices in this space for my money. I've learned a lot from you both. Well, thank you, Whoa. MJ. I, I didn't pre-read this. I'm not uh, just going wow. to the uh, the compliments right away, but thank you very much, MJ. Wow. We appreciate it. a very a very kind uh, super chat that he sends in as well. Thank uh, you. A super sticker here from uh, Mario. Thank you very much, Mario. We appreciate it greatly. And then uh, Michael Thomas. I've wrote that. I've wrote Vincent that he should go home. Okay. Well, there you go. That's, uh, that's the headline of his, uh, of his newspaper, I guess. And then, uh, from Bruce Lord here. If the stock bump reflects the presumption of a sale, how soon would a sale need to be made before Wall Street confidence drops? Thanks to you both for breaking down an insane past 24 hours. You know, Vince McMahon has characterized this, uh, Brandon, that this is of the moment that needs to be acted upon. This is not a long-term play. This is something that the trigger needs to be pulled rather quickly is, the heightened stock price contingent on 
something being imminent, uh, like let's give a, a time frame of like four to six months, or do you think that there will be um, increased latitude that a sale is on the table and that optimism will remain high, as we've seen in the lead up in past uh, media rights negotiations where that stock price has climbed and climbed in the months leading up to a uh, an announcement of a renewal? Yeah, so the price is up almost $15 today. I guess we think about what, what the, what the price was. I guess just yesterday it was about $70. Um, and if, if say W renews TV rights and doesn't sell the company, I think it's got to be more than our base case 1.5, 1.7x increase, right? That there's something more baked into this stock price now. Um, so it's either got to be a, a, a new deal that's in pretty substantial excess of what's all what was yesterday baked into the stock price. It's got to be a really good renewal deal to maintain this stock price, um, or they have to sell the company, uh, or or the or the stock price just goes back down. And what happens then? I don't know. Are there you know prohibitions and deterrents to to prevent that from happening i mean there's some pressure maybe it results in some class action lawsuit maybe there maybe there could be a claim that you know you misled me and told me that you're going to sell the company and then you just renewed rights um but w it's it, i mean a class action lawsuit by shareholders is not something you want but it's not um not something that ends you know the company or ends ends vince mcmahon's reign or something like that um but yeah i, I would a lot of this will, will be contingent on what ends up happening with the tv deal is it just a TV deal? Is it a is it a sale of the company and the the stock price will will adjust uh, accordingly? Yeah, but, and, but and there when, is some- when does WWE get sold? I, as I replied to somebody earlier on Twitter, anywhere between in a few weeks from now to never. You know, that's it. I mean, even in in the press release today, like they do caution those um, the WWE side, stating there is no assurance that this process will result in a transaction. I don't think they want to be. Uh, caught in anything where they are misleading or this is the announcement of an imminent uh, sale as well. Uh, Seeking Alpha uh, put out a, a story today. I'm just going to read uh, some of it today that uh, WWE shares surged on Friday following the shocking news that former chief executive Vince McMahon was planning a return to the company in, in a paragraph that was written for one person, that being Brandon Thurston. While there may be a battle inside the company worthy of the Royal Rumble or King of the Ring, investment firm MKM Partners believes that when all is said and done, it could be Comcast with its hand raised in victory. Yeah. Analyst Eric Handler, who has a buy rating of $90 a share as its price target on WWE stock, noted that the sports entertainment company would be a very attractive asset for any number of buyers, including Comcast, Fox, Walt Disney, Amazon, and even Netflix. Handler wrote, in our view, there is a scarcity of independent content creators that can match the global popularity and size of WWE, and then noting the partnerships that WWE already has with Comcast, Fox, and uh, Peacock, uh, an extension of uh, Comcast itself. But when you are looking at potential suitors, um, has your um, estimation changed at all in terms of that? And interesting that Endeavor is not listed here because you know we had an Endeavor executive not all that long ago yeah. state on the record that we would be very open to exploring a purchase of WWE and seeing the success that they have had with the UFC. Yeah, the, the light shit analysts have been pushing very heavily the idea that Endeavor could buy WWE. I think, I think it makes sense. I, I, I see Comcast and Endeavor as the two likeliest buyers. Um, maybe Amazon. Um, I don't think Fox is going to take on a big asset. Um, I, I don't see Disney as a real buyer. 
mainly brand match. I think, I think there's sort of a sentiment in Disney to that. Um, at, at least there was when, when Vince was in charge of creative that they didn't see the content as that great. Um, <clears throat> and maybe there's some hurt feelings over, over not going with ESPN plus, um, with the, with the network content. I could see that. Um, so I don't think Disney, I don't think Fox, um, I definitely don't think Apple. I don't know if that was meant. I don't think, I mean, Netflix does, isn't impossible because I think Netflix, if they're really going to get involved in live sports, they're going to acquire some entity rather than license. Um, so maybe Netflix, but I don't think that's as likely as Comcast or Endeavor. Endeavor makes a lot of sense because there's, there's synergies there. They have UFC. They, they know how to run that business. They know how to make deals. They're, they're a talent agency. Um, and Mark Shapiro, seemed to express interest on, on the town podcast I think a couple months ago. Um, and NBCU makes a lot of sense because they're already paying a lot of money for raw and they have, they're paying a lot of money for the network content. They're, they're involved in NXT, Ms. and Mrs. Um, they're involved in a lot of that. And why continue to rent that content when you could just buy it and put it, put a cap on that price. And then maybe, you know, put some, some WE rides at, uh, at universal studios or something like that. Would you be looking at the negotiations, like the role, like a George Barrios and Michelle Wilson? What, what, uh, importance is placed upon them? Because essentially, like you have two competing teams of like a WWE vision of 2014 till 2020. And then the new vision, like you have all of these names on your board of directors. It's like, who is spearheading these talks? Is this? Like it would sound like Vince McMahon is going to be in the room for these negotiations. Is he with Nick Khan? Is he with George Barrios? I mean, there's a lot of dynamics at play that we can't answer today, but it's, it's like all of these competing visions and who is Vince McMahon going to be relying on? Like Nick Khan is a, there's a major question mark I mean, attached to him and like where, where his power is in terms of this shakeup and what his, what his initiatives are going into these talks. I, I mean, I, I expect Nikon is going to be in charge of this, and I, I'm not sure that, that Vince will be in the room. Um, I don't, I don't think Barrios or Wilson will be. They'll be advising, I'm sure, when they have their board meetings, mm -hmm. um, and maybe in, in, at other times as well. But I, I get the impression that they're, they're going to do essentially what they were going to do in terms of the people who will be involved. Um, I mean, which the, we should note this. This was also like the collection of personalities that were True. involved in the last rights deals when mm -hmm. before Nick Khan joined the company that he was enlisted to be part of these talks when it was still Barrios and Wilson that were right. kind of the, the front facing people when it came to Nick the talks. was not an employee of WWE when he made those deals in 2018, he was exactly. working for CAA and he was, you know, I, I assume contracted to, to do that work for them. Yes. Uh, a few more uh, super chat questions here that we will go to uh, from Chris Ely, doctor, the professor, Chris Ely. Do you think that more wrestlers will be being released imminently or is it hard to say? I would say it's definitely uh, too hard to say uh, this early in terms of things. But it's, again, very competing visions of what we saw during the last couple of years under Vince McMahon versus what we have seen over the past six months where it has been a gigantic rehiring process. Yeah, if, if we take Vince McMahon's words at face value, that he fully unconditionally supports and believes in the leadership of people including Paul Levesque and Stephanie and Nick, then if you take that at face value, then I wouldn't expect releases. Um, but like I said, I, I, I am skeptical that Vince will be able to keep his hands out of, out of talent and creative. We'll see. Uh, a question here. Would this be happening <laughs> if they condemned Vincent, Mc, Vincent Kennedy McMahon on television? Again, uh, thank you for the super chat. 
I did want to use this this question to kind of lead to another question. Like when we discuss these stories, it is obviously coming from the business perspective and that Wall Street, they are not responding with any kind of moral or ethical compass. But it doesn't mean that we have to divorce ourselves from that. And in all of this, it's like you're going to see all the jokes about succession and palace intrigue. And yet at the core of this is a man that was removed from power because of allegation after allegation and alleged victims that are that ran millions and millions deep in NDAs that only a couple of weeks ago we were made aware of yet another allegation uh, at a tanning salon and uh, uh, accusations of rape, accusations of coercing a woman into oral sex. And it just seems all of that sort of just gets piled into – well, there were some, uh, some inappropriate relations that the man had, and we just simplify this language, and it becomes very much uh, just a story about business rather than one that does have alleged victims attached to it, and that none of this, none of these comments from Vince McMahon, did he address any of this? Did he deny any of this? And to me, um, it is fine that some people are going to ignore this, but I think it's very important that the reasons are not forgotten as people just treat this as though it's a it's a soap opera happening on on Twitter today. Yeah, I, I think and in and, and part of the letter um, from the board, they allude to additional non-public information, which could be very believable to me that that those could be additional allegations that the public does not know about. Um, and my, my read of, of the Wall Street Journal article that, that came out about a month ago was which in the same article reported that Rita Chatterton was looking for a settlement that we, we learned about an additional allegation, the 2011, uh, the woman in the, in the spa who, who alleges that Vince McMahon sexually assaulted uh, her. Um, that came out with the news that Vince is looking to make a comeback. It's almost as if someone wanted, wanted both of those things out there together that, that look, if he, he wants to make a comeback, there may be more stories here, uh, that, that, that don't look fondly on, on Vince. Um, and it's, it's easy for me to believe that someone who has, um, allegations from seven different women, uh, might, might have an eighth or a ninth. Um, so is that, is that, that, that is an obstacle that could perhaps be, be put in his way of, of staying in the company if there are more stories that become public. And uh, tied in with all of that is Rita Chatterton seeking damages, nearly $12 million worth yes. stemming from her allegations of being raped in in 1986 uh, on top of that. So it's like there are more damages being sought from Vince McMahon on, to, on top of that. Um, so I, I just think that is very important to also uh, keep together here. And it's it, it's very hard this week because you are looking at the two largest figures in the areas that we cover between Vince McMahon and Dana White and how both of them, how how they have handled what, uh, what has been alleged and with Dana White seeing the clear-cut video and that just seeing the response or lack thereof, uh, more so on the, the UFC side is that you have had Endeavor that has been quiet all week, that you have had, uh, ESPN that their statement was, well, refer to the UFC. We just, we just run their content. And of all the people that, like Dana White, forever you want to say, is literally the only one in that story who did not run from the story. Um, and everyone else, it just seemed like there was this endless supply of people that were coming to the defense of Dana White. And I've seen it today of people that are, well, get over it with Vince McMahon. It's like there is, when it comes to powerful figures, never underestimate the, 
the ethical jujitsu that people will play to justify and rationalize things that are completely unjustifiable. And I don't know if you've seen the latest. I saw the tweet from New York Post reporter Andrew Marchand last night saying that the the power slap is that that the name of the show yes. is being postponed one week. One so, week. So that that apparently that will will teach Dana away his lesson. He's he's you know got a one week postponement on one the show. I I think pure. Um, I think cowardice on a lot of fronts uh, this past week and the idea of just uh, obfuscate and with time, people will move on to the next controversy and forget it. And then we can get our precious show onto television in the case of power slap. I think I think completely tone deaf that they are moving forward with this. And you know, it, it will also be you know specific to pro wrestling is the position that AEW is in where they you would think are going to be in a position where they are being asked to promote the hell out of this thing for the premiere and and how they feel about that as a pro, as you know sharing the same broadcast partner like this is there to capture that AEW audience and if this goes ahead on January 18th AEW will be in a position where they probably have to promote this and I just uh I know we're getting away from Vince McMahon but these things are are connected in many ways too yeah I, and I think in, in for WWE in particular I, I I've said you know before yesterday that I think there's a lot of unanswered questions that should be directed towards WWE about what what were the results of your investigation where you said you were going to not only investigate Vince and John Laurinaitis but you were going to investigate the culture um what if anything has changed about WWE's policies since last summer, um, what what can WWE say to to assure talent and employees that you know sexual harassment and sexual misconduct are taken seriously in the company? Uh, the, you know, I, I, all I know is that Vince is back now, and h- how seriously is that taken? Is there a policy before WWE hires people like Jamie Horowitz to be an executive in the company uh, as, as far as investigating and taking seriously their background that may involve sexual harassment? Um, What's what's changed? And why why have you found more information about Vince McMahon that we are finding out about today that has not been disclosed? Yeah, I think that there is many questions uh, to be asked, and unfortunately, um, this is a company that gets by without being scrutinized or held to a level of transparency that I think a lot of other leagues w- would not be able to to skirt away from. Uh, a few other uh, super chats here um, from Sajizzle. I'm sure sent this uh, just for me to uh, pronounce any chance of a breach of fiduciary duty case. Um, I guess, I guess this would have been the case. It's very hard at today on Friday uh, to prove that Vince McMahon has done anything that is damaging to shareholders when the stock price has soared in his return. It'd be a different case if it was the opposite. So at least in the, in the immediate future, I wouldn't think that there would be grounds for such a case. Yeah. My understanding of fiduciary duty is it's, it's executives and it's members of the board of directors duty to make sure that shareholders get the best value for, for the stock that they hold. And between the, the scandal surrounding events to now, this stock price has only gone up. Uh, yes, there's been days where it went down, but largely the stock price has grown in value. So I, I don't see damages there. I, I maybe there's something to be said about investors being misled. And certainly there's a problem with, um, the unrecorded expenses. And maybe that's related to what, whatever the U.S. attorneys and whatever the SEC is investigating. Maybe those are obstacles that, that could be put in, in, in Vince's path, uh, sometime soon. Uh, because the, the board refers to those investigations separate from WWE's investigation. This is the federal government, federal government agencies investigating Vince. Uh, those are not completed yet. 
Maybe news will come out about that. Maybe journalists could make uh, records requests at some point about that. Another one here. In hindsight, would it have been more effective for Stephanie and Hunter to come out more forcefully against Vince after his departure? They both were hesitant to disparage Vince. Um, I, I don't know if that would have been the best course of action when, again, this was Vince McMahon who was out in terms of his roles, but as a controlling shareholder in the company, like this was somebody that, um, you know, that was a position that I, I, they were never going to take an adversarial tone to Vince McMahon. I think that was very evident. I can't imagine them doing it. And you could also argue strategically, would that have been a benefit to them to uh, have this uh, public denouncement of Vince McMahon, even though it was uh, very hard to see uh, Stephanie McMahon coming out there with a thank you, Vince chant on July 22nd. Yeah, I mean, if Vince was able to learn that he was he would be able legally to do what he's done today and yesterday, then I would think that Stephanie and Paul and Nick, you know, ha- had enough legal uh, advice to, to know that, that he could as well and that that was in his pocket. So it probably doesn't serve them to go on television and bury him. If, if anything, maybe that results in him coming back and, and, and firing you know, some of those people. So it probably would, would not have ended up well for them if, uh, if that's what they did. Mm-hmm. You know, we do have roughly in about a month would be the next, uh, Earnings report and call. Would that be right. around the timeline that yes. first week of February? Yeah. Right. Q4. Yep. Would you be expecting a Vince McMahon presence on that call or would you assume it's the existing leadership of Nikon, Stephanie and Paul Levesque leading that? I call? think it depends on whether he's really an employee. I, I, I lean towards thinking he is an employee and he's basically the de facto CEO now while wanting, while not wanting to strip, uh, Nick and Stephanie of their CEO titles. So. I would, I, yeah, I guess I would expect him to be on the call and make very brief comments as he always had in the past. Um, take it yeah, away, but, Nick. Take her away. Yeah. Uh, I believe we have one more super chat and I do want to mention, I, I appreciate it. We're getting a lot of very generous wow. super chats. Uh, we're going to be splitting uh, these with, with Brandon as well. So oh. your super chats are also going towards, uh, Russell thank Nomics you. as thank well. Thank you. That's news to me, but thank you. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. Uh, no specific message, just showing my appreciation for all that post wrestling does. And yes, I'll certainly include Russell Nomics. Um, you know, the, I think as well, uh, we should also give a nod to the reporting at the Wall Street Journal from uh, Joe Palazzolo, Ted Mann, yeah. and Lauren Thomas, who had the uh, the byline on Thursday's story, uh, reporting on this as well. I think that there is, you know, certainly you look at, at this week and uh, the handling of the Dana White story, the Vince McMahon story. Um, it, it's very critical to have uh, media that are holding these people to account that is digging into this Um because conversely, you will get others that will will take a pass on certain stories like this as well. So um, WrestleNomics does a fantastic, fantastic job. We're very lucky to have uh, Brandon, who I can send the bat signal out and get a response within 30 seconds. Yeah, the, the, the reporting of, of Joe Palazzolo and Ted Mann was something that became really apparent to me when I was editing the, the fall of, of Vince McMahon audio documentary uh, last month in that they could have just written one or two stories ab- about this. And then moved on to other things that are maybe maybe more prestigious to cover than the wrestling business, but they they really kept at it. And uh, the Wall Street Journal, this is a different byline from from Lauren Thomas. Am I getting the byline yes. right? Yes. That you know, but they've they've continued to, to stay with this story, and that's you know the follow ups were so key, a hundred percent. Like it's just they did not stop their reporting with the first set of allegations. This does not gr- the first report in June 
Vince McMahon is withstanding that. Vince McMahon is not going down from that first report in June. It is the sustained coverage mm. that it just ultimately became untenable. And uh, he certainly tried tried to to stay strong through it and go on TV two nights later and, and go to the UFC show and, and and appear out there like not like he's hiding from it. But they they really stayed at it. And I I, I wrote an article early in, in in that period that you know the people who were really going to have a lot of influence here is is if. If, if members of the mainstream media continue to investigate and, and publicize this story, um, and, and maybe that's the answer that the, the Wall Street Journal did, although they, they could not change, uh, <laughs> they could not affect what, what Vince's abilities were as controlling shareholder. A uh, few more rolling in here. MW sending in uh, a super chat. Thank you very much from Hector as well. Thanks to both of you. And one more question here. Do you think that any of the Vince stories the public doesn't know will get leaked by either current or former board members. Um, I mean, I certainly read that as, you know, there is, there is more out there potentially. I think it's also a, an equal question of, are you withholding information that uh, what, like as a shareholder, forget about like the public's, uh, need to know, uh, basis, but for a shareholder, it's like, wait a minute, you guys have found more information and why why has that not been disclosed when this investigation uh was ongoing and uh was essentially concluded yeah I th- that that sounds like something that might be in, in in line with fiduciary duty do you do you have a fiduciary duty to make make sure that in- investors know that there's this story in somebody's past that that could you know affect the, the price of the stock especially i guess now that he's back well, at that point, um, we have tried to cover this from as many angles as possible, but we are not going to be answering all of the questions today because this is going to be, um, you know, Vince McMahon was the story of 2022. He will very likely be the story of 2023 and all of the ramifications that this uh, return to the board of directors has for Vince McMahon, his ability to reinstall himself and how this impacts a media rights deal uh, domestically, how this affects a potential sale for the company and where a lot of the key players end up as a result of this shakeup. We have two open board seats um, that are essentially going to be filled, you would presume, by Vince McMahon. And what are some of the major questions as we sign off, Brandon, that are kind of top of mind for you that are unanswered? Does Vince get involved in creative? Does Polovic really maintain all of his current duties? Um, is, is there any more news about sexual misconduct allegations that come out. Is there any more news about whatever the U S attorney's office and the sec are investigating? Um, those, those are, those are the big ones for me. And does do any of these business partners who have a lot of influence in WB, do they care that someone with seven sexual misconduct allegations against him is back in, in, in a position of power that he was removed from? We are going to say goodbye at this point, but I will, uh, Direct people uh, tonight, uh, rewind to SmackDown. It will be waiting and uh, Kate from Montreal coming at you at a special start time of midnight Eastern after SmackDown in Memphis, after Rampage and after Battle of the Belts 5. So you can uh, check out that show. PostWrestlingCafe.com, exclusive for all cafe members. $6 gets you in the door there. And then this Sunday, WrestleNomics Radio will be dropping. Uh, I look forward to hearing uh, more from Brandon, Chris Gullo and Jesse Collings, as I'm sure this will be... Uh, a major story covered on Sunday, and I direct everybody over to WrestleNomics on Patreon at patreon.com slash WrestleNomics, where they get access to the viewership spreadsheet, which is a a stop multiple times a day for yours John truly. John Pollock's in there every day. 
Yep. Yes, yes. I, I do. I can, you can be monitored in there. And I, I always, uh, I, I'm checking in on a constant basis. Yes. Yes. And, uh, quarter hour reports are, are, are part of the Patreon as well as, as, as well as, um, slides from our podcast. Um, this Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern time on the Russellomics YouTube channel as, as every Sunday at 11 a.m. Uh, we are live with Russellomics radio. It'll be just me and Jesse this, this week as Chris Gull is at a Bills game. As, as the Bills return to the field uh, this Sunday. That is right. That is right. All right. That's going to uh, wrap it up. Thank you to everybody who joined us, uh, a huge audience uh, tuning in today as we went uh, just about an hour here. Uh, that's going to wrap it up. Postwrestling.com, WrestleNomics.com, and uh, thank you to all of you for tuning in. Thanks. <laughs>